Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us, whether you're online or in person. And, uh, you know, this is the last week of our series, Dangerous Prayers. We are concluding it. And those were dangerous prayers for all the wrong reasons, weren't they? Um, since we are concluding, you know, I thought maybe it'd be fun just to start off this morning by asking you a couple questions about prayer, and I'm going to ask you to respond to them. And don't worry, they're easy questions. They're actually multiple choice, so you just pick A, B, C, or D. I'll, I'll show you how it works. But anyway, here's the first question. When do you pray the most? A, in rush hour on I-465. B, at Walmart on Saturday. That's worth a prayer, yeah. C, when the Colts are losing, or D, driving to your in-laws. Now you look through those four answers, pick one of them, A, B, C, or D. I'm going to have you just shout out your answer to me all together. I'll count down three to one, and you shout out either an A, B, C, or D. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. I have no idea. Um, all right, let's try another one. See, this isn't too hard. Um, when have you prayed a dangerous prayer? A, why would I do that? B, what's a dangerous prayer? C, I can't remember. Or D, I have during this series. So look those over. And again, um, pick one out, A, B, C, or D. Got one of mine? Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. Don't know. But anyway, uh, today um, we're going to look at a dangerous prayer. But, you know, if you think about kids... For many kids, they often experience prayer as they're growing up in maybe one of three ways. The first one is at mealtime, and sometimes their parents actually teach them to recite a prayer, like, God is good, God is great, thank you for the food, amen. Or the one I always liked was, good food, good meat, good Lord, let's eat, you know, that one. Um, Another times that kids experience prayer when they're growing up is when they're in trouble. You know, they, they have done something really bad, and they are in big trouble. And so mom or dad or both send them to their room, and they know the hammer's going to come down. So while they're waiting in their room for mom or dad to come in, they think, I think I'd better pray. And they know they're not going to get out of it, so what they decide to do is bargain with God. So the prayer usually goes something like this, God, if you'll make my parents take it easy on me, I promise to never treat my sister like that again. Well, there's a third time that kids often experience prayer when they're growing up, and that is when it's time for a test in school. And you know, they haven't studied, they know they should have studied, but they didn't, so they go in. This test, if they don't pass it, they don't pass the course, so they have to pass this test. And so as they're sitting there waiting for the professor or the teacher or instructor to pass it out, they think, I'm going to try prayer. And you know, again, they know it would be presumptuous to ask God for a miracle in this situation, so they make a deal with God. And it usually goes something like this, God if you'll just help me pass this test, I promise I'll study for every single test the rest of the semester. So what we're going to do today as we conclude this series called Dangerous Prayers, we're going to look at the prayer of a kid. Now, 
just because he's a kid, don't let that fool you. This is a powerful, powerful prayer. And you need some context. So here it is. The kid's name is Samuel. He actually grew up and became the prophet Samuel. You may have heard of him if you know much about the Bible. Um, he, Samuel was the one who actually anointed King David. But when he's a kid, and I don't even mean a teenager, he was probably like 10 or 11 years old. He lived in the temple. He lived there and he served. He worked for the priest in the temple named Eli. Now Eli had two sons, and these two sons were out of control. And when I say out of control, I mean it was bad. So like, people would bring their sacrifices to the temple to offer them to God, like an animal, like a lamb. And they would look over the animals that were being offered as sacrifices to God, and if they thought that one that was really nice, you know, they would take it and eat it. Yeah, like, you know, they think, ooh, that lamb would make good lamb chops. And they would, instead of offering it, they would steal it. I mean, bad. And they actually would sleep with some of the young ladies who worked and served there at the temple. Now, Eli knew about this, and he told them to stop, but they didn't. And so he just let it go. Well, one night, Samuel is in his bedroom, and he goes to bed, and he falls asleep. Remember, he's about 10 or 11 years old. And he hears this voice, Samuel! And he thinks it's Eli. So he gets up, he runs into Eli's room, and he says, Sir, sir, you call me. Of course, wakes Eli up, and Eli's in a deep sleep. You know, he's puzzled. He's trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe you've been awakened sometime from a deep sleep, and you know how that feels, you know, to be awakened. And uh, he said, Samuel, what is it? And Samuel says, You call me. And Eli said, No, I didn't call you, Samuel. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. He hears the voice a second time. Samuel. So he runs into Eli's room again. He says, Eli, Eli, sir, you called me. And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. And you know, now Eli's getting a little frustrated. He's been awakened twice. I, you know, I don't know about you. I don't like to be awakened during the night. In fact, um, I don't even charge my cell phone in my bedroom at night. I charge it in the living room because I don't want to be awakened by my cell phone at night. Of course, I also go to bed at 9 o'clock or before sometimes. So that's probably for most people an appropriate time to text or call somebody else. But, you know, Sam is a little frustrated, or Eli's a little frustrated about this, so he sends him back to bed. It happens a third time. Samuel hears the voice, Samuel! He gets up and he runs into Eli and wakes Eli up. Eli now realizes something's going on. He says, oh, Samuel, oh my goodness, you know what? That's the voice of God. God is calling you. So if he calls you again, say, I'm listening. Speak to me. So Samuel goes back to bed. <laughs> Suppose he went to sleep right away? I don't think so. I mean, you're lying there just waiting to hear the voice of God. Let's pick up the story there. I'll start right reading in 1 Samuel 3, verse 10. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Now, Here's the dangerous prayer. It is, speak to me. Now you may think, wow, that's kind of a cool one. You know, I'd love to have God speak to me. Hey, of all the dangerous prayers you've given, I think this is the one for me. Man, I'd like God to speak for me. Before you conclude that, just know this. What he's going to speak to Samuel was not easy to hear. It was not pleasant 
at all. In fact, let me ask you a question. In the Bible, when God spoke to people, how often did He give them an easy assignment? Not very often. Take Noah, for example. God comes to Noah, and He says, Hey, Noah, I want you to build this ark. Noah goes, what's an ark? He goes, well, it's a big boat. Noah goes, what's a big boat? He said, well, it's this thing that floats on water. Okay, God, how big? Really big, like bigger than a football field. Okay, God, and and by the way, Noah, you don't have any power tools, all right? And people are going to laugh at you. They're going to make fun of you for doing this, and I'm going to have you gather up your family and all your animals, and you're going to put them on the boat. All the animals, God, like the skunks too. You know, I always wonder how skunks made the cut. You know, but but anyway, he tells Noah all that. I'm going to flood the earth, so make sure you get your family together and the animals. Okay, God, I'll start on that right after lunch. God appears to Abraham, says, "Abraham." Abraham says, "Yes, Lord." And he says, "I want you to get up from where you are. I want you to leave your job, leave your family, leave your home, and I want you to move." Okay, God, where am I going? Well, don't worry about that. I'll just tell you as you go. Oh, okay, God, I'll pack after lunch. God came to Mary. And to Mary, he says, Good morning, Miss Mary. And Mary says, Yes, Lord. And he goes, Just so you know, you're going to become pregnant. Don't worry about it, though. You'll conceive by the Holy Spirit. And some people aren't going to understand. They're going to start rumors about how you became pregnant. But that's okay. I'll I'll take care of all that. Okay, Lord, I'll... Take a pregnancy test right after lunch. God comes to Paul says, Hey Paul, first of all, I want you to convert to Christianity. And then after you do that, I'm going to make you my messenger to the Gentiles. So you're going to go throughout the world and tell the message about Jesus to all the Gentiles. And and by the way, Paul, just so you know, you're going to be persecuted for your faith. A lot. And you're going to die, almost die, Three different times. Oh, okay, God, I'll set sail this afternoon. Yeah, a lot of times when God spoke to people, the messages He gave them were not very easy to hear. So, at this point, you may be asking yourself the question, so why in the world would anybody ever pray the prayer, speak to me? Fair question. I'll come back to that. Back to Samuel. This little boy says to God, speak, I'm listening. Unfortunately, God didn't say, I'm going to bless you and your family. God also didn't say, you know that cute girl at the youth group? You're going to marry her, you're going to have two kids, a nice dog, you're going to make a six-figure salary. And he didn't say to Samuel, you're going to get a million views for the stuff you post on Facebook. What God did say to this little guy was this. Eli's not honoring me. He's allowing his sons to desecrate my temple, my house, in the worst way. So I'm going to judge his family. Wow. How'd you like to be the one to deliver that message? 
Well, let's keep reading back to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. That'll get your attention. <laughs> I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Ouch! Can you imagine having to be the one, 10-year-old boy named Samuel, to deliver that message? You know, sometimes we forget that prayer is a is two-way communication. We often see it as our opportunity to tell God what's on our mind and to ask Him to do this for us or fix that for us. But it could, but you could make a case that a lot more happens when we listen to God than when we talk to God. So if you really want to hear from God, then you have to ask yourself the obvious question, am I ever listening? So the first thing you may need to do is this. Be still before God. Now that pretty much goes against everything in our culture, doesn't it? Can you pause, set your phone aside, shut off the alerts, and just rest in His presence? Here's Psalm 46.10. Be frantic and know that I am God. Doesn't say that, does it? Be busy and know that I am God. Keep your phone on. Make sure you can always hear the alerts and know that I am God. No. Squeeze in five minutes for me every day between breakfast and time you leave for work and know that I am God. Nope. Doesn't say that either. What does it say? It says, be still and know that I am God. Do you have time to be still? Well, how much time do you spend scrolling through social media on your phone? How much time do you spend on Netflix or Hulu? How much time do you spend watching TV? So could you say just once a week, Find 30 minutes, maybe an hour, and be still and just enjoy the presence of God. Listen closely. To hear from God, you have to slow down. And when you say, speak to me, Lord, just how does He speak anyway? I mean, maybe you've heard somebody say, God spoke to me. Or God told me, and you were wondering, well, why didn't he ever speak to me like that? I mean, what does he sound like when he speaks? I mean, is it like in a Morgan Freeman voice or what? I've never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. But do I think God has communicated with me? Absolutely. Now, I remember one time, there was a guy who was intellectually disabled. He was walking around the church parking lot at our old church. He was carrying two great big garbage bags full of cans. And he collected these cans and he carried them to recycling, which was several blocks away, so he could get the money. And I was walking out of our church one day in a hurry to get the appointment. I was running a few minutes late. I didn't want to be late, so I went straight to my car and drove off. 
I regretted that decision. I mean, why was my agenda more important than giving this guy a ride to the metal recycling center? Well, wouldn't you know it, a few weeks later, he was walking through our parking lot again, sure enough, carrying two big bags full of cans. And I happened to see him from my office window. Man, did I hear God that time. And it wasn't an audible voice, but what I heard was, second chance, Jerry. And I grabbed my car keys and I almost ran out the office door to give him a ride, and he accepted. And I always felt that God gave me that second opportunity. I even think he had me look out my office window at just the right time to see him. Was God speaking to me? Yeah, that was pretty clear to me in my thoughts. So, how might you hear from God? Let me give you four ways that God speaks to us, okay? Here's the first one, through the Bible. This is the number one way that God speaks to us. Many people think that God has to speak to them through some supernatural, mysterious, dramatic, or earth-shattering way. Not so. The reason we have the Bible is so that God can communicate with us. God never shuts His mouth until we shut our Bibles. So if you aren't reading your Bible much, you're not going to hear from God much. That's why it's so important to read your Bible daily. That's why we have the Ridge Reading Challenge for you. We're reading through prayers in the Bible right now that go along, you know, to go along with this series. And you can meditate on what you read on any given day. You know, that just means to think deeply about it. You can memorize the Bible so God can bring it to mind at a moment's notice. You know, memorize a verse, one verse in the Bible. Um, this is probably the main way that God speaks to me through something I've memorized from the Bible. Because it seems like at just the right time, something I've memorized will come to mind. Like if I'm angry and occasionally James 1.19 will pop into my mind, Jerry, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Or if I'm worrying about something, sometimes Philippians 4.6 will pop into my mind and says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. So the main way God speaks to us is through the Bible. We don't really have to make this all that complicated or mysterious. Here's the next way He speaks to us. Through people. God may speak to you through a sermon, through a Christian song you hear at church, on the radio, on your playlist, on YouTube. You know, Many times someone has said to me, I thought you were talking directly to me in that sermon, Jerry. I didn't have a clue what was happening in their life. That was God. We have an elder board and an executive leadership team at the church. And important strategic decisions are never made by one person. Sure, we have a lead pastor, and he has, but he has other staff and elders who constantly speak into those decisions. Because God speaks through people. I could tell you story after story about how our, the, God has used our board to guide and direct decisions we make here at the church. Um, there have been decisions that we've made where the board decided to go a different direction with that decision than I would have. Guess what? Looking back, it was the right decision because God was speaking through people. Here's the third way. Through circumstances. Sometimes God will use our circumstances to guide us, to speak to us. 
Have you ever heard someone say something like, what really drew me close to God was that difficult time I went through. I really sensed His presence. You know, C.S. Lewis is the late British author who once said, God whispers to us in our pleasures and shouts at us in our pain. Perhaps you're praying for a certain position at work, and yet it's offered to someone else. That could be God speaking through your circumstances. He has something else in mind for you. So, God can speak through the Bible. He can speak through people. He can speak through circumstances. And He can also speak through our thoughts. Like He did with me, with that guy who was walking through the church parking lot. But again, it's so important that you check your thoughts with what the Bible says, and then if all possible, check it out with wise, godly people and get their feedback of something you sense from God. But to hear from God, you have to be still. Here's another guideline. You have to be willing. Are you willing to do what you sense God is leading you to do? Remember, prayer isn't just, God, do this for me, fix that. God, give me this. God, show me that. We said throughout this series, prayer is surrender. That's why I love the posture or I love the prayer of God. Just so you know, whatever you're about to ask me to do, the answer is already yes. So so back to the question I asked earlier. Why would anyone pray the prayer, God, speak to me? Let me answer that by taking you back to Noah and Abraham and Mary and Paul. How do you think they felt after they heard from God and they said yes? Well, Noah, because he obeyed God, even though it was really difficult to do, saved the human race. Don't you think he was glad he listened to God when it started to rain one day? with his family aboard the ark. And Abraham, because he followed God's direction for his life, became the father of a great nation, the nation of Israel, through whom the Messiah, Jesus, would come. And Mary became the mother of Jesus. She raised the Son of God. Enough said there, huh? And Paul was instrumental in sharing the message of Jesus throughout the world in launching today what we call the church, which continues to change and impact people's lives. You see, when God speaks to you and you listen and then you say yes, it is a game changer for your life. You find out that that's what God created you for. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you pray a dangerous prayer? We've given you six of those throughout this series. I'm going to challenge you to pray one of those dangerous prayers. I'm going to dare you to pray one of those dangerous prayers. Because if you do, you'll never feel closer to God. I'd like to close us in prayer. God, how I thank You for the challenge that these dangerous prayers are. But they're just what we need to live life to the fullest, to live life the way You want us to, to be closer to You. So my prayer, my challenge to each one of us here is that we would just take one or even more of these dangerous prayers 
and that we would pray them. And my prayer is that our posture in praying them would be, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, just so you know, I've already said yes. Because God, we know that when we pray like that, we'll never be closer to you. And so I pray that each one of us would just open our hearts, our minds, our ears to what you have for us this morning. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.